Welcome to another episode of Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. This is the place for inspiration and empowerment so that you can overcome shame, guilt, fear, loss, and grief. We are barely scripted, raw, real, and we even have a lot of fun. This is your place to get some tips so that you can begin to disrupt your trauma for good. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to this episode that I'm calling Changing Yourself Can Help Their Recovery. This is going to be a great episode for those of you who are moms, who have sons and daughters in addiction, but the message can work for anybody who has any loved one in any kind of addiction because what winds up happening for most of us, and especially moms and definitely dads, but dads seem to get it quicker, is that we get lost in the addiction of our children. And it doesn't even matter how old they are because we are desperate to change it. We are desperate to stop it. We are desperate to fight that addiction beast for them. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. If it did, you know, think about this. If this is you, wouldn't you have changed it, fixed it, fought off that beast way early on? in their addiction, wouldn't it be done? We wouldn't even be having this discussion. So it's not because you didn't try hard enough. It's not because you didn't find the magic, the genie lamp, right? It's not because you didn't find the magic pixie dust, as I call it, or magic fairy dust. It's not because you didn't love them enough. It's not because you made too many mistakes. It's not any of that. It's not your fault. I know you've heard it a million times, but it's really hard to get that down inside of us. And so we make it our mission, right? We make it our mission to try to fix them, to try to stop it. I mean, why wouldn't we want to stop it? It's ruining our lives. That's how I felt for 13 years. And for the first few years, I wasn't even sure what was wrong with my daughter. I thought she just took her brain out of her head. I told her that. Can you go find your brain and put it back in your head? You know, she was really good at hiding it. I didn't even know it was addiction. But it was 15 years. Well, actually, it was 13 years of desperation. She lived for 30 years, was in addiction. But 13 years riding that roller coaster from hell. If I could have saved her, I would have already done it. I mean, hello? Again, it's not because I haven't found the magic. There is no magic. Jamie used to tell me all the time, Mom, this is not about you. And I used to say, how not about me. I gave birth to you. I love you more than anybody in this world. This is killing me. But she was right. It was affecting me, but it wasn't about me. I didn't hold her down and put drugs in her body. I didn't cause any of this. Now, that fact doesn't lessen the heartbreak. It doesn't lessen how desperate we are to want them clean and healthy, of course. I mean, they're a part of us. Even those parents who have adopted children. They're a part of us. And so it, it it's all understandable. But what I really want to talk about here today is that the very, very best thing you can do is to recover yourself. Now, we can't do this as a motive, right? We're going to do this so that they'll see it and get better too. Although I remember thinking that myself. But we do it because we need to get better. Number one, because we need to get better. Because two people going down with a ship is not helping anybody. 
It's compounding an already desperate, devastating situation. I was inspired to bring this message to you today because I came across a message that somebody had written to me a while back and I ended up posting it today. I just thought it's a message that people need to hear and I, I really didn't know what I was going to talk about for this episode at all and all of a sudden I thought that's it. This is the message and the, what she said to me is this. My son told me that changing myself was huge in his recovery. You are a game changer, Valerie. Well, this is the part I want you to get. The part that she said that changing herself was huge in his recovery. The fact that she said I was a game changer, that's a bonus, okay? Because, I mean, that's, trust me, when I hear these kind of comments, I literally sometimes think, how can this be? Me? I help change people's lives? Wow. I've had people tell me, oh, you, you saved my life. And, and, and while I appreciate that, the fact of the matter is I don't save anybody's life and I am not the game changer. Perhaps some of my tools and resources and perspectives are game changers, but they only work if you work them, right? They only work if you do something with them. All of the advice, all of the tools, all of the resources in the world don't do squat if we don't do something with them. So she was the game changer. I just gave her some tools. She had to do the hard work. I create these tools and resources and it is a lot of work. I am not going to diminish. I'm not going to have some kind of false humility here and say, oh no, it's no big thing. It's huge what I do. It really is. But it was nothing. It is nothing compared to getting myself better, compared to doing the work. And I still do the work. But it's not quite as hard as it used to be because it's second nature. So I applaud Chris. I applaud anybody who gets themselves up off the mat, takes a step forward, falls down, get, gets back up, goes back down to the mat. The beast gets back on top of them and tells them what a terrible mother they are and that they're useless and worthless. And if they love their child, they'd save them and all that garbage. And they get back up. They fight him off. I have so much respect for people like Chris who are willing to do the work. You should do it so you can get better, so you can have a good life because you were not put on this earth to live in this desperate situation, living in paralyzing fear, helpless and hopeless and heartbroken and depressed and isolated. That's not why you were put on this earth. I'm so sorry that this is part of your mission and part of your path and your story. I wish it weren't. I wish it weren't mine either. But here we are, my friends. And so we have to do something with all of this. I can tell you for sure that nobody is going to get better because you get worse. That's not how it's going to work. I remember when Jamie told me that she was proud of me. You've heard me say this before. She said, I'm so proud of you, Mommy. It's one of the last things she ever said to me before she was murdered. She said, Mommy, I'm so proud of you. But here's what you need to get. She didn't say she was proud of me because I was rolled up in a ball, crying in my walk-in closet, guilt-tripping her, putting my, my recovery on her shoulders. She was proud of me because I stood up and fought, because I reclaimed my life. I was a role model. You know, and who knows, in, you know, she was still living in addiction while I was getting better. And who knows, though, were there moments when I inspired her, when she did something good because of my recovery? Probably. I'll never know. And I'll never know if my recovery would have inspired her to get clean because somebody took her life. But 
what do you have to lose here? Why not get better? Life gets better when we get better, okay? Stop waiting for life to get better and just sitting around waiting because let me tell you something. I did that for years and I got worse. I got worse. I didn't stay the same. Had my daughter become clean, had she got off her roller coaster from hell with her addiction beast, had she moved on, she might have moved past me because I had lost myself. I change. We change, don't we? Moms. I know a lot of you that listen to this podcast are moms with sons and daughters and addiction, but anybody out there, I know sometimes I talk directly to moms because I have such a heart for them because I know, I know more about their path and what it feels like. I don't know what it feels like to be the sister or the daughter. I do know what it feels like to be the wife though, because my first husband was an addiction too. But anyway, life gets better when we get better and, and bonus, they might get better too because people are watching you. And even in addiction, they're watching you. It is going to help you stop living with that codependent enabler beast. Get better. Get rid of him because he's not helping your son or daughter either. It's all of a ruse. It's a facade. It's a scam. The addiction beast and his little friend, the codependent enabler beast, they're in cahoots. Listen, this is their conversation. Hey, listen, if we can get mom to just completely be, you know, have her world tilted on its axis... If we can have her open up her wallet every time, if we can have her living and breathing with her cell phone next to her in a panic every time it rings and panicked every time it doesn't, this is perfect. This is a perfect part of our destruction plan because we can help destruct the person in addiction a lot quicker if we can have his mom self-destruct too or her mom. Do you understand what I'm saying? Another reason that you need to get better. Not just so you'll be better for them or a role model for them, but what we do is we put so much pressure on their shoulders. I remember doing it. I guilt tripped Jamie and tried to, I would show her pictures of the family and I would try to pull out the latest scripture or quote or something I heard. You know, I just knew I had the thing. I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things. You should. You never know when it's that moment but it's their moment. So yeah, why not do those kind of things? But putting the pressure of your happiness, of your life, of your recovery on their shoulders is not cool. It's not right. And I know you're not doing it on purpose. I mean, you are literally self-destructing for their benefit. You're a doormat. You're falling apart because of them. So I know you're not intentionally doing that. But I've told that to people before and had them literally go, whoa, I had never thought about this. As a matter of fact, last week I was on a tech call. I think I talked about this. Maybe maybe I didn't talk about this in the last podcast. No, last podcast it was a pre-recorded from an event. But anyway, I was talking to this gal on a tech support call and it was so weird. I, I It was just weird. Somehow the subject came up. She knows what my mission is probably because her support, you know, she had kind of had to learn, but she said, I don't think this was an accident that I was, I was meant to talk to you today. And she tells me that her brother's in addiction and but she was more like a mother to him because there was addiction in her family. And anyway, one of the many things that we discussed was this, I made that comment to her 
I said, imagine the amount of pressure you're putting on his shoulders. And I've told her how I did that with Jamie. And she went, wow, I had never thought of it that way. And I think that's a good way for you to think about it because you're so used to thinking of them first and not yourself. So when I say get better for you, you go, ah, I don't know. It's all about them. So until you can make it about you, that perspective can really help you. Listen, I understand how difficult this is, but you need to sit down and really ask yourself, what is the choice? Is the path you're on helping your son or daughter get better? I mean, really long-term to get better. Is it helping you? Is it helping your husband, your family, your coworkers, your other children? Is it helping people you haven't even met yet? Because you know what? We haven't even met yet. You know, and there are other people out there I hope I'll meet or that will hear about me or hear this message tomorrow. And I want to be there for them. We have a responsibility in this planet to be there for other people in some way. And we can't do that if we're down on the mat with a beast on top of us. Their recovery matters and you should never lose hope, but it really is their path. Just like I told you earlier about Chris, how she, I said that, you know, she gave me the credit, but I give the credit back to her because she did the work. It's the same thing with your son or daughter in addiction. There are recovery programs out there, you know, and you hear all the time, well, they don't work or, you know, it, it works for other people and not me. Come on, stop, stop it. It works for people. So it can work for you too. I'm saying this about your son or daughter. It can work for them too, but they have to want it more than anything else, more than life itself, more than breath itself, more than the drugs. And you have to want your recovery more than you want to go down with them, more than you want to continue on this path of losing yourself, of allowing that codependent enabler beast to run your life. You have to want that. And sometimes, you know, it's those, those moments that are our lowest point. And you've heard this from me before when I was standing in my kitchen and said to Rich, I don't want to be here anymore. I just, it, it, I just blurted it out. It had been on my lips so many times, my friend. I mean, I thought it, I cried in my walk-in closet. I cried out to God. I said it to myself. I probably said it out loud, but not in front of anyone but God. And it just came out that day. And it pained me to think how that made my husband feel. I saw the look on Rich's face when I said it, but I'm glad I did because I heard those words in my ears and thought, whoa, 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 heck no. I know God didn't put me on this earth to want to die. He didn't put me on this earth to give up. What in the world kind of a message would I be showing Jamie or sending to Jamie if I gave up? Really? I mean, she's dealing with this addiction beast and I can't even take on my codependent neighbor beast? Come on. That is just not right. What am I showing my son, Sean? Well, you know, Sean, when the going gets tough, give up, right? I mean, that's the message. Even though in front of him, in front of everybody, in fact, in front of Rich, 95% of the time, I put on a good show, okay? But I was like an actress who was going to have her final curtain call because I was going down. I might have been smiling on the outside, but I was dying on the inside. And so, you know, it might take that moment for you, but don't wait for that moment. Just, you've probably had a thousand of those moments. Let today be the day that you decide that you are going to change yourself for yourself, but it might also help their recovery. 
So my friend and um, she's a Warriors and Hope member and somebody I met through this this path. Somebody who's very near and dear to my heart. And her name is Anel. And you know what? I don't know what the deal is. I'll have to ask Anel. Is it that we just spend a lot of time in the kitchen? But she had a kitchen moment too that she has told me about. And um, hers was that she has a grandson who was at the time, I think, uh, maybe, uh, I don't even know how old. I'll have, to, I'll have to invite Anel on to my podcast and she can talk about it. She's a hoot. You would love her. And she's really walked through a lot and has an amazing attitude and incredible faith. And, and uh, you'd love her. She's, she's great. Uh, but I can't remember how old he was, but he's a teenager. And her grandson, I think she had kids pretty young because he was a teenager and this was several years ago. So her son's in addiction and they were having some kind of a family gathering and she was in her kitchen and she was crying and she could hear everybody else out just having a good time. I guess her family's like my family. They really know how to have a, have a good time. And they were out there laughing and joking and all this and she's in the kitchen and her grandson comes in and he didn't even ask her what was the matter. He came around and put, put his arm around her and said, Grandma Matt's going to be okay. And she said that was her moment because she thought, really, this is what's wrong with this picture. My grandson is the one who's in here trying to, you know, help me. What happened to me? You know, being the matriarch, being a strong one. And, and that was another reason for me too. I want to be strong. I don't want to be weak. I don't want to be, I would never want to be that mom that falls apart and my kids have to take care of me and um, I actually grew up with a lot of that and I'm not, you know, saying anything bad about my mother. She was doing her best, but I don't want that for my kids at any age. Your recovery matters too. get better, get better for you, get better for your son or daughter in addiction, get better for your other children, your family, your work friends. Like I said, people you haven't even met yet. The world needs you standing up and standing strong. This world has never been in need of leaders like it does now. And I'm not talking about the so-called leaders in government and, and these self-appointed leaders and acting and all that crazy stuff. I'm talking about everyday people like you and me who are leading the way, who are shining their light, who are a beacon of hope for other people. Somebody needs you to be that beacon of hope. You can't be that beacon of hope when you're rolled up in a ball, when you're waiting for someone else to get better, when you're not taking responsibility for your own journey, your own life. Just like when Jamie said to me, mom, this is not about you. She meant her addiction wasn't. She said, mom, you were a great mom. You didn't cause my addiction. I mean, it was killing me. But what good was it for both of us to fall apart? I know it, it would be probably a lot to ask to suggest that somebody doesn't fall apart. Of course, as a mom, you're going to fall apart as a dad, a sister, brother. You're going to have a period of time where you fall apart, but when is enough enough? Because if you don't start getting better now, when is it going to be? And what is it going to take? Because the longer you head down that road of self-destruction, that road of helplessness and hopelessness and paralyzing fear, the longer you stay on the roller coaster from hell, the harder it is to get off. Take it from me. I know. I found out the roller coaster from hell doesn't have an end point. I used to think that the end point was Jamie would get clean and the roller coaster would stop and then the bar would, you know, the safety bar would be released and I'd get off and everybody would be happy. Well, we all know from having sons and daughters who've gone to rehab and then relapsed and, or like mine, she never even made it out of rehab. 
but this is a long road. This is a lifelong thing. It's a lifelong journey for them. It's a lifelong journey for us. So we can't just think that someday it's all just going to get better. We're just going to be okay. What happened to the, happens to the trauma that we've experienced? It just magically goes away. I mean, it just gets erased from our psyche. It gets erased from our hearts and our souls and, and our DNA. No, we've changed. So we have to work on getting better. This is work. And God bless Chris for doing the work, Anel for doing the work, and you, because I know you want to do the work too. The problem is most people say they want to change, but few will really do anything about it. Don't go backwards. There's no staying where you are. Don't go backwards. Don't get worse. Be one of those people. Be one of those people that other people look to as an example and free yourself. I mean, this isn't just about other people. It's time for you to be free. It's horrible to live with constant anxiety in your heart, your throat all the time and just waiting for the next horrible phone call. And, you know, and, and I know that you're not going to be ever be a hundred percent out of the worry mode, but you have got to get as well as you possibly can. And, and I'd love to help you do that. I mean, if you have other resources, use whatever. I mean, I'm not the be-all, end-all. You know, if, if what I say resonates, then I invite you to get my nine weapons of hope. If you want to take it a step further, you can get my coaching program, which is called Warriors and Hope, and you can get nine weapons of hope too and put those both together and, and really start on your journey to freedom. That's what Anel did. Anel used those resources to get better. That's all. Chris was using those resources too when I got this message. So... This is, I mean, it's up to you, but all I can do is, is put it out there to you. Go to ValerieSilvera.com, check out what I have. I would love to, to know more about your story and, and be able to help you in some way. Hopefully, not hopefully, no hopefully, we're going to be getting an event together in spring of 2023. I'd love to meet you there. We've got to stick together. I mean, this journey with a son or daughter in addiction or even another family member in addiction, it's hell, right? And I know that stepping away from it, away from the chaos, not away from the love, not away from the hope, stepping away from the chaos is what I call excruciatingly painful love. I've heard people say, oh yeah, I know you got to use tough love. I'm like, tough love? Are you kidding me? That's why my kids couldn't go to the movies on Friday night. This is excruciatingly painful love to pull out the safety net to allow Jamie to walk out her journey, you know, and her journey didn't end well, but I do not take responsibility for that at all. I've given that up a long time ago, the shame, the guilt, and everything that went with it. And I hope that you will learn to do the same. Okay, my friend, until the next time, know that you are not alone. We are in this thing called life together, and I'm standing right there with you. Thanks again for being here. It is time for you to use your story to disrupt your trauma for good. Your story matters. So you've got to learn how to live it courageously. Link arms with me at ValerieSilvera.com. We are in this thing called life together.